All right. Open your Bibles to John, the third chapter. John, the third chapter, if you would. We're looking at the words of Jesus as we start this year out. We'll just stay on the words of Jesus just as long as the Spirit of God leads us and directs us. We're titling this the red letters. Of course, when Jesus speaks, when his words hit the page, they turn red. And so that's why we're calling this the red letters. What does Jesus have to say about things? What does he have to say about the issues that we deal with in our everyday lives? We'll get into all kinds of things as we go on through the next many Sundays. Jesus, today we're going to talk about Jesus on salvation. Jesus on salvation. Notice John, the third chapter in the first verse. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher come from God. No one can do these signs that you do unless God's with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I can assure, assure you that's what was on Nicodemus's uh, heart. Jesus goes right to the heart of the matter when he responds to somebody. That's really what was on his heart. He wanted to know what do I have to do to be, to be saved. And so Jesus answered his question for him, really, I guess, before he asked it or before he even got to ask it. And uh, he said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Now, you study a little bit into that, you'll see born again means born from above. Jesus said, you must be born from above or you cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, question that one might ask, Thinking just naturally, he said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That's a a good question, isn't it? Somebody says, you must be born again. If If you're thinking about it from natural perspective, you'd want to know how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? See, Jesus was talking about spiritual things and Nicodemus was thinking on a natural level. And so oftentimes we get in, in, in confusion when we study the Word of God if we're listening to spiritual things from a natural perspective. Did you hear what it just said? That's why Jesus had so many of his followers walk away from him that time when he was talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. See, Jesus wasn't literally telling them that they needed to eat his flesh and drink his blood. He was talking about trusting in him and believing in him, but they listened to spiritual truths with natural ears. When you listen to spiritual truth with natural ears, you'll get confused and, and, and misunderstand some things. You'll become offended and walk, end up walking away from the Lord if you're not watchful. So let's be sure that we have our spiritual ears on. Whosoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's listen to to the spiritual things Jesus is talking about with spiritual ears, okay? But Nicodemus 
was listening to spiritual truth here with natural thinking. And so he asked a logical question. If you're doing that, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb be born? Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, small wars have been fought over this born of water statement. And people want to know what does it mean. And some people will argue and say that it has to do with the breaking of water when a child is born. We understand that that takes place. However, there are children that die in the womb. Is that correct? And so if this was talking about the breaking of water, that would prevent them from ever entering the kingdom of God. So that couldn't be talking about the breaking of water uh, uh, when a child is born. Did you hear what I just said? And then others want to argue water baptism, but that doesn't fit here. And I could take hours and hours and hours of time and show that to you. I'm not going to do that right now. It's not talking about water baptism. Jesus said, uh, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, that word and there in the Greek can also be translated even. So what Jesus said here, and I could take hours and hours and hours with you on this. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to tell you that. From my study, here's what Jesus said. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, even of the Spirit. You see, in the Bible, water oftentimes is likened unto the Spirit. You see. And he was telling him that you have to be born of water, even of the Spirit. Talk, water and Spirit meaning the same thing. You have to be born from above. Born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Then he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Do not marvel that I said unto you, you must be what? Born... What? Born again. You must be born again or born from above. Now, hold your place here. Hold your place. Just, just, actually, you can just stay right here in John 3. But I want them to throw some things up on the screen here. Uh, would you agree with me that Jesus, whatever he says, is going to line up with the rest of the Bible? And the rest of the Bible is going to line up with what he, what he says. Is that right? Because he's God, isn't he? And, and so God doesn't contradict himself. So just just for the sake of time, let's just have her throw up on the screen Titus 3, verses 5 and 6. You can turn there if you want, but there's no re- reason to. It'll be on the screen here in the Amplified Bible. Let's look at some scriptures, and then we'll, we'll see specifically what Jesus tells us we have to do to be born again. But let's look at what some of the other verses in the Bible tell us we have to do, and then see if that lines up with what Jesus Tells us Titus 3 verse 5 in the Amplified. Titus 3 verse 5 in the Amplified says, He saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but because of His own pity and mercy by the cleansing bath of the new birth, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Well, we must be born of water even of the Spirit. Here the Bible talks about regeneration, renewing of the Holy Spirit. You must understand that in the new birth, the Holy Spirit is involved. To be born from above, the Holy Spirit is involved. Now again, verse 5, let's start again. He saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we had done. You understand that? The new birth has nothing to do with any works of righteousness which we've done. But because of God's pity and mercy, by the cleansing bath of the new birth, regeneration. See, 
a sinner is cut off from the life of God. But when they get born again, their spirit gets regenerated. They get born again. They get hooked back up with the life of God. Through the cleansing bath of the new birth, regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he poured out so richly upon us through who? Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's how the new birth happens. Through Jesus, you see. Okay? Now let's look at another verse. John 1, verse 12. This will be in the King, New King James Version. New King James. John 1, 12. You're there in John 3. You can turn if you want. You don't have to. It'll be on the screen. John 1, verse 12. How do you get born again? Looking at some scriptures here. And then let's see if Jesus lines up with what these scriptures are telling us. Now here the Holy Ghost is speaking through John. John 1 verse 12, but as many as received him, that's talking about Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Well, to become a child, there has to be a birth. Is that correct? Is that right? He gave the right to become children of God to those who, who what? Believe in his name. Who were what? Who were born. There it is. Who were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. What is that, what is that telling us? That, that it's not natural. Natural father's not involved. It's from, where is it from? It's from, from where? From above, right? By the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ. Is that right? Who were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Born of God. Let's get verse 12 again. How does this happen? As many as what? Received him. How do you receive something in the spirit? You believe, in the spirit realm, you believe. To believe is to receive. That's how you take hold of something in the spirit realm. And and you don't take hold of it with your head. You take hold of it with your heart. By believing. As many as received him or believed on him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who what? Believe in his name who were what? Who were born. Was it natural or was it spiritual? Was it of man or was it of God? Was it of God. Now 1 Peter 1.21 in the Amplified. 1 Peter 1.21 in the Amplified. We're talking about the new birth here. Salvation. While you're turning, the, and you don't have to turn there, it'll be on the screen. Uh, I, I need to say this, though. Uh, because you see, a lot of times we assume folks know things, and I think we get in trouble when we assume things. A lot of times, as a teacher, I think people know things that a lot of times they don't know. Listen carefully. To be saved is the same as saying to be born again, right? Is the same as saying to become a Christian, a for real Christian now. Saved, this is terminology that we assume people understand, a lot of times they don't. To be saved is the same thing as to be born again, which is the same thing as to be a Christian. So when somebody when I when I say somebody's a Christian, that means they're what? They're saved, they're born again. All three three ways of saying the exact same thing. Did you hear what I just said? Okay. Now first Peter one twenty one he amplified, through him, through Jesus, you what's that next word? You you believe in. Now Again, that word believe, uh, you get in trouble a lot of times if you don't really understand that word believe. That word believe does not just mean a mental acceptance. The Bible says in the book of James that, that the demons believe in God and tremble. 
they accept that he's so. You understand that? But when we're talking about believing here today to get born again, we're not talking about something that happens in your brain, in your head, in your mind. We're talking about something that happens where? In your heart. Adhering to, relying on, say more about that in a minute. Through him, through Jesus, you believe, adhere to, rely on God who raised him, Jesus, up from the dead and gave him honor and glory so that your faith and hope are centered in and rest on in God. You have been regenerated or what? Or or what? Verse 23, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Verse 23 is my fault. Let's go to 23. You have been what? You have been, read, is verse 23 now. Let's get verse 23 up there first. There you go. She's doing good. You have been what? Regenerated. What's that next two words? Born again. Not from a mortal origin through seed or sperm. You understand that? But from one that is immortal. That's talking about the Holy Ghost there. By the ever living and lasting what? Word of God. So let's read verse 23 again. You have been what? Regenerated or what? Born again. So if I say regenerated, that means born again. Is this a natural thing or is this a spiritual thing? Do we have to go back in our mother's womb and be born a second time naturally? No, this isn't talking about natural stuff. This is talking about spiritual, correct? From where? From above. You've been regenerated, born again, not from mortal origin, but from one that is... But from the one that is immortal, that's the Holy Ghost, by the ever living and lasting word of God. So how do you get born again? Well, it looks like we're going to have to believe something, correct? See, that word believe keeps coming up. And we saw it in the last verse there in John 1. It said we have to believe in somebody's name. Whose name is that? Doesn't the Bible say there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved? That's the name of Jesus. And it's when we believe in him. Now, is that just mentally grabbing a hold of him or selling out to him in our heart? Okay. All right. So now let's go back to John 3 and continue with the words of Jesus. He said that if you're going to get into the kingdom of God, you're going to have to be born again. Now, John 3 verse 14, he says this. He's talking to Nicodemus. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, let's talk about that. Jesus is talking about Moses lifting up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Let's go to, and I'll have her put it on the screen, Numbers 21. Numbers 21. I think we want to start in about verse 3. Let's just see. Numbers 21, verse 3. Uh, let's see. Uh, All right, let's go to the next verse. Let's 4. I wasn't going to turn to this, but I think it will be better if we go. Numbers 21, 4. They journey from... All right, let's, the people got discouraged in a way. Let's go to verse 5. And the people, uh-oh, the people spoke against God and against Moses. That's, that's dangerous, isn't it? Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food, no water. And our soul hates, loathes this worthless bread. Isn't having something to eat better than nothing to eat? All right, next verse, please. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. And they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. Now that word sent, the small wars have been fought about that word sent. Did God 
Causative or permissive? Did he, did he cause the serpents to come in or did he allow them to come in? And we could argue about that and argue about that and argue about that and argue about it. Was it his judgment in sending them or did, or did the people of God get out of the will of God and he allowed them? You could argue that and argue that. Rather than pointing the finger at God, why don't we point the finger at the people grumbling and complaining? If they hadn't grumbled and complained, then there wouldn't have been any serpents. Is that right? Now, I personally believe God allowed them to come in. They got out of, I, I, that's, how, that's what I believe, that God allowed it. Are you going to send a, a poisonous snake in there on your child, your people, huh? This is something the Lord allowed, I believe. You, you can argue it the other way, but rather than pointing the finger at God, why don't we point the finger at the grumbling people? They shouldn't have been grumbling. Is that right? So let's don't spend any time on that. I personally believe God allowed it to happen because they were grumbling, complaining, got out from under God's protection. Be that as it may, the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit people and many of the people of Israel died. You know, this is, leave that on the screen, please. This is a type. Real loud, say type. Say real loud, type. Type. The Old Testament is full of types of the Lord Jesus Christ and, and what he did through his, his redemptive work. Work of salvation. And uh, you need to realize that. You can learn a lot from studying just the types in the Old Testament. So there's fiery serpents. They bit the people. Have we all been bit with, uh, with sin? Just by being born. By being born of a woman. Is that right? We're, 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 under, we're under that curse of sin, aren't we? And many of the people of Israel died. Next verse, please. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. Well, that's good. They realize they sinned. For we have spoken to the Lord against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. All right, next verse. Then the Lord said to Moses. Now, now he, he didn't remove the fiery serpents, but he gave them a way out. Isn't that wonderful? God gives us a way out. The Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And this was out of, out of brass. Type of, brass is a type of uh, a metal that's a type of judgment in Scripture. Make a fiery serpent and set it on a, on a what? On a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten. Now, now let's stop just a minute. Make, make a fiery serpent and set it on a what? So, so he, Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. See, this is a type of Jesus going up on the cross. So he's going to take that serpent and he's going to put it up on a pole. Now, you know, Jesus is the Lamb of God. Why didn't God tell Moses to put a lamb on the pole? Well, you need to realize there are many other types in the Old Testament where lambs are shown as a type of Jesus, like on the Day of Atonement and these other, other times. Is that correct? But in this type here, this is showing that when Jesus hung on the cross, doesn't the Bible say that he who knew no sin was made to be sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ? Is that right? So G, the Bible says that Jesus bore in his own body our sins. Is that right? So that's why 
that uh, God had Moses do this as a type because when that serpent went up on the pole, it was it was a type of sin. It was showing that Jesus was going to bear in his own body our sins. Do you see that? Okay, so he puts that up there on the pole and it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he what? When he what? When he what? When he looks at it shall live. That's pretty good deal, isn't it? Is that a good deal? Next verse, please. So Moses made a bronze serpent, put it on a pole. And so it was if a serpent had bitten anyone when he what? Looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Is that wonderful? Now, let's look at verse nine in the Amplified Bible. They can put that right up real quick. And Moses made a serpent of bronze, put it on a pole. And if a serpent had bitten any man, when he looked at the serpent of bronze. Now, what does that word looked mean? Does it mean just a passing glance? No. What does it mean? It means to attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, he lived. It wasn't just a passing glance. See, what he's saying here is it's not head. It's not mental assent. It's what? Heart, faith. See, what he really said is that you can't, it wasn't just a matter of looking at the pole, at the the serpent on the pole. It was a matter of looking at it how? Attentively, had to have your full attention. Is that right? Expectantly, expecting that when I look at it, something good's going to happen. I'm not going to die. With a steady, that means ongoing and absorbing gaze. I'll put it in my own words. Had to look at it, realize, say, in faith. In faith. Believing. See, in faith, a lot of times people don't understand. What do you mean in faith? When I say in faith, it also means believing. To be in faith means that you're believing. From your head or from your heart. You okay? You learning anything here? All right, so you got the type there. You got that type? The type was the people had been bitten and Moses lifted up that bronze serpent and all people had to do was look attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze. I'd say it this way, in faith, believing, expecting. You okay? And when they did that, they wouldn't die, but they live. Is that wonderful? Now then, with that in mind, let's go back to John 3. He said, as Moses, this is 14, back in the New King James, Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Do you understand a little more of what he's talking about there? As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. So he's going to be lifted up on a cross. Is that right? Now, verse 15, that whoever, what, believes in him. Now, verse 15, let's, we could do this real quick. Just pop it over to the Amplified real quick. In in order that who believes in him, who cleaves, that word cleave. You know that word cleave, one meaning of it is to split something in two, like with a cleaver. The other thing means to stick like glue. In this case here, it means to stick like glue. Uh, We need to stick like glue to Jesus. The the people that looked at that that serpent of brass, was it just a passing glance or did did they have to attentively stick to it like glue? That's how you have to stick to Jesus if you're going to be born again. It's not just a mental acceptance. It's a heart, sell out in the heart. You okay? 
in order that everyone who believes in him, who cleave, that word cleave means to stick like glue, to stick to him like glue, trust him, relies on him, may not what? Perish. Now that means go to hell. Now, I'm not talking about hell today, but we're going to get on. Today, we're talking about Jesus on salvation. But as the weeks come and go, we're going to talk about Jesus on heaven and hell. Do you know Jesus had a lot to say about heaven, but he had more to say about hell than he had heaven? Did you know that? So we'll talk about that as we go. But that's what he's talking about there. Uh, We'll not go to hell, but have what? Eternal life. Now, eternal life, what does that mean? What does that mean? Eternal life. That means you're saved. That, what that means is, is that when you die, you'll go to heaven and not hell. Isn't that wonderful? And one day your body will be resurrected and your spirit will go back in your resurrected body and you live on a new earth forever and ever. Really what he's talking about there. I don't have time to get into all that today. We'll get into it as we go. You know, Jesus had a lot to say about the end times and what's going to happen in the future. We'll get to that as we go. But we'll have eternal life. And actually live forever. Now that doesn't mean live forever in these mortal bodies. Doesn't the Bible say that these bodies are going to die at one point? It's pointed on the men once to die, the book of Hebrews said. Is that right? But if you're born again, when your body dies, your spirit leaves your body. And if you're born again, your spirit will go to heaven. Is that right? And it will stay in heaven until the rapture, the resurrection. Is that right? At which point your spirit, I just said it, I'll say it again. Your spirit will go back into your resurrected, glorified body. And you'll live in that glorified body forever and ever and ever. Isn't that wonderful? I hate death. How many of you hate death? I hate it. Did you know death, God hates it worse than you and I do? Death is an enemy. And it'll be the last enemy to be put underfoot. Is that right? But if somebody dies and they're born again, their spirit leaves their body. The Bible says the body without the spirit is dead. Is that correct? Spirit leaves the body. If, if they're born again, they'll go to be with Jesus and stay with him until the rapture of the church resurrection. At which point the Lord will bring their spirit back with him. Their body will be, I say, blasted out of the grave. They'll get a glorified body and their spirit will go back in their body. Isn't that wonderful? What if we're alive and remain on the earth at that time? The, body, the Bible says our bodies will be changed. Isn't that wonderful? If we're born again. See, our spirit's ready for the presence of God right now, but our body's not. Have to be changed. The Bible says it'll be changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye. And, and, and then we'll get to live in that glorified body forever and ever and ever. Won't that be wonderful? Much more I could say about it. I don't have the time right now. But uh, all of our loved ones who have died before us and gone on to be with the Lord, we're going to get to actually live with them forever and ever and ever upon the, in, in, on the new earth. Isn't that wonderful? We'll never have to go to a cemetery again. We'll never have to go to a funeral parlor again. Can anybody say amen? amen. That's why it's so important that we get, get our loved ones and, and people we love and everybody to the Lord Jesus. Is that right? Now look at John 3.15. I'm taking my time here. I want you to get it. John 3.15. That whoever believes in him, cleaves to, trusts in, relies on him, should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 now. New King James Version. I guess we all, we all uh, can quote this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have. That's salvation, isn't it? That's born again, isn't it? Isn't that wonderful? But how do you do it? By what? Believing in him. Is that right? Is that mental ascent or is that, is, is that from the heart? 
Is that just a passing glance or is that a, a gazing upon and cleaving to, sticking like glue? Is that right? Verse 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Is that wonderful to know? He who, verse 18, he who believes in him is not, but he who does not believe is Condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Is that lining up with what we've read in those other verses? That the new birth is available to all those who believe in his name. Is that right? John 5.24. Let's look at some other verses where Jesus is talking about this. Very quickly here. Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and... Believes in him who sent me, who sent Jesus, God the Father, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death unto life. That's good, isn't it? So if we'll believe. Now, here he talks about believing on the father. Now, somebody said, well, do we believe on the father? Do we believe on the son? Well, you know, hold hold your place there and and turn to John 1244. John 1244. Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. See, Jesus, one thing you learn, how many of you know there's one God, but he's manifest in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Is that right? And you, you ever notice that, that there, the Bible says our God is one. There's one God, but manifest in how many persons? Three, it's Trinity, three and one. And it's... It, Mental, I don't think our mind mentally will ever be able to grasp the, the, the totality of that. But they're not one in the same. They're three distinct persons, aren't they? But yet they're one in unity. Is that right? Now, did I just say there's three gods? No, how many gods are there? One manifest in? Three. Okay, so I'm not going to try to explain that. All right. But you say, well, who do we believe on? Do we believe on Jesus or do we believe on God the Father? Well, I'll put it to you this way. The only way to get to the Father is through the Son. Now, somebody said that, who said Jesus is the only way of salvation? Somebody said that one time. They asked, well, who said Jesus is the only way of salvation? I'll answer the question Jesus did. Are you going to argue with Jesus? John 14, 6. Let's go there. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Is Jesus the only way? When you, let me ask you a question. When you breathe your last breath, do you want to be trusting in Muhammad? Do you want to be trusting in Allah? How about Hare Krishna? How about Buddha? How about the sun god? How about the sundial? No. I know about you, but when I, <gasps> that last breath, I want it, I, 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 I want my last word to be Jesus. My mother said all those years ago, She said it once. She said it dozens and dozens of times. She's a born again lady. She said when my time comes. I want to go to sleep. 
and not wake back up and I don't want to suffer. And I watched that. That, that had slipped, slipped from my thinking. But I watched that happen right before my eyes and the Spirit of God brought it back to my attention. I watched her for like two weeks before she went to heaven. She went to sleep. You couldn't wake her up. She'd sit in her chair. Ma, ma, you couldn't wake her up. She, I mean, she went to, she got what she wanted and she didn't suffer. Isn't that wonderful? I was talking to Tony Cook. He'll be here uh, in two weeks. He said that when his mom, she's a born again lady, she always said this. She said, when I die, she said, I don't want to be alone. So that's what she wanted. It's interesting. They brought her down. She was in a nursing home. They brought her down in Indiana. They brought her down to breakfast. And when she was sitting at breakfast, she passed. Ten minutes either way or 15 minutes either way or whatever, she'd have been alone. See, she didn't want to be alone. God will honor what we want. I was thinking about what do I want when, if the Lord tarries is coming. I just told you what I want. Last word out of my mouth. That's what I want. Jesus. Why did I share that? I don't know. Maybe somebody needed to hear it. How do you get to the Father only through the Son? And if you have the Son, you got the Father. So who do we believe on? The Father or the Son? Believe on Jesus. When you believe on Him, you get automatically get who? The Father. How do you get born again? By believing on Jesus. You okay? Now look at John 6.40. Am I helping you at all? Are you getting anything out of this? I don't know. John 6.40. Are you there? And this is the will of him who sent me. That everyone who sees the Son. Who is that? Is that talking about the S-U-N or the S-O-N? It's not talking about the, the, the ball of fire. It's talking about Jesus, isn't it? Everyone who sees the Son and what? Believes in Him may have everlasting life. That's salvation. That's the new birth. That's becoming a Christian. Did you get that? And I will raise Him up at the last day. How do you access everlasting life? How do you, how do you get born again? How do you become a Christian? It's through, it's through Seeing the like Moses lifted up the serpent, was it a passing glance, or did they have to did they have to uh, look upon that and gaze upon that brass serpent? They had to gaze upon it. Is that right? So right here, we have to see the sun. Is it a passing glance, or do we have to fix our eyes on him? Fix our eyes on him, and then from our heart, what believe, and we'll have everlasting life, and we'll get raised up. At the last day, which I talked about a moment ago. Is that wonderful? See, sinners are going to get raised up too. People that, when I say sinner, what do I mean by that? People that have never received Jesus. They're going to get raised up too, but they're going to go to a place called Gehenna, Lake of Fire. We don't have to go there. Why? Because we believe on the Lord Jesus. I'll tell you what, one of the, like one Minister said it. He said it this way. He said, one of the, he said, the stupidest thing anybody ever did is go to hell. That is. You don't have to. Free gift to miss hell and make heaven. How do you do it? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and, you, and we'll, you'll be saved. Is that right? Is that wonderful? Look at John eight twenty four. He was talking to the Jews here. People that didn't believe on him. 
Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. My goodness gracious, whatever you do, don't die in your sins. Don't do it. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he. What do you mean I am he? The one that he claimed to be. He's talking to these unsaved people. And I don't care if they're Jews or if they're Italians or if they're Germans or if they're from Puerto Rico or if they're from Switzerland. It doesn't make any difference. They're unbelievers. And he's telling them they're going to die in their sins if they do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God. The Messiah. You will die in your sins. That's one of the, I tell you what. Something that makes heaven grieve. And it's when a sinner dies in their sins. When they. That last breath. And they've not received Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God takes no pleasure in the death of the sinner. Because their spirit leave their body. And descend down, down, down. Into a place of torment called hell. And God takes no pleasure in that. Somebody say amen. Now on the other side of the coin, the Bible says that God uh, takes pleasure, if you will, put it in my own words, at the death of his saints. See, when my mom was coming down there, there, there the, the last week there, you know, I was all looking at it one way, but you have to look at things the way God looks at it. Precious, that's the word. Precious in the eyes of the Lord or the death of his saints. saints. Talking about my mother. You know why my mom went to heaven? She didn't go to heaven because she was good to me. She was good to me. Now my mom was rough around the edges here and there. But that didn't keep her out of heaven. You know why she went to heaven? Because she was born again. She, She believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. She went to the, see this blows people away, but she went to heaven for the same reason the Apostle Paul went to heaven. For the exact same reason Peter went to heaven. For the exact same reason John went to heaven. For the exact same reason Joyce Meyer will go to heaven. Yeah, but your mom didn't reach two-thirds of the world with the gospel like Joyce Meyer. I understand that. The rewards will be different once in heaven. But the access to heaven is the same for everybody. It's J-E-S-U-S and do you believe on him? Period. You all right? Is Jesus making himself very clear here? So if you don't want to die in your sins, you don't want anybody to die in their sins. They'll go to hell. So how do you keep somebody, how do you keep yourself from dying in your sins by believing that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God? Trusting in him. Can you say amen? You okay? John eleven twenty five. Come on, let's go there. I'm going to go on just a little while longer. I'm blessed by the words of Jesus. How about you? You can go for years and years and years and, and preach and, and just preach out of the epistles, you know, the letters to the church. And, and that's good. But I think somewhere in here we need to 
go look at what the Lord has to say about things. That's what the Spirit of God has me doing this year. I might spend the whole year on this. You think you could spend the whole year teaching what Jesus had to say? I'm, that's, I'm headed that way. I don't know if we'll, if we'll do that. We'll just be led by the Spirit. But Jesus had a whole lot to say about a whole lot of things. I want to know what the Lord has to say about things. He had some things to say about giving and receiving and tithing. Did you know that? Things to say about the end times. Things to say about sin. Jesus had some things to say about sin that, 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 that might upend some of our theological thinking. Are you looking forward to getting into some of these things as we go? So be here. Hang on every word in the weeks and weeks as we go. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her. He's talking to Martha here. I'm the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Is that wonderful? You breathe your last. You die. Your body dies. But your spirit will continue, will, will continue to have life in heaven, you see. A sinner dies. Their spirit continues on. But they continue on where? In hell. You don't want that. Verse 26, whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. He's not talking about you'll never die physically. He's talking about you'll never go to hell is what he's talking about there. Whoever lives and believes in me won't go to hell is another way you could say that. Do you believe this? Jesus just asked you a question. Do you believe this? If you're not careful, you go, you go to sleep here. Do you believe this? I do. All right. Now, has Jesus made it abundantly clear? Has he made it perfectly clear? What you have to do to be born again? You have to believe on him. Is that right? Now, 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 did you get that? Or do I need to come out there and bop you up side to head with my Bible and get it through to you? You got it? Now, somebody says, well, yeah, okay, all right. Now, but pastor, I've studied some of the other books of the Bible and the epistles. What about repentance? What about, where does that figure into all this? Don't we have to repent? Well, we told you two weeks ago when Jesus started his ministry, and you could be turning there, Mark 1.15, a little review won't hurt you. What was the first word out of his mouth when he started his public ministry? What was it? He said, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of heaven is hand. And then what did he say? Re? Re. What does that mean? That means they have a change of heart and, and, and turn and go the, go, go the right way. He said, repent and what? Believe. Believe. So did Jesus ever talk about repenting? Yeah. Did he, did he say anything about believing? We spent all, all day today talking about that, didn't we? You know, the, the whole time. Believe in what? In the gospel the good news what's the good news death burial and resurrection of jesus somebody said well now wait a minute pastor that's all good but i read somewhere in fact i read somebody might be asking me this question i read romans 10 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lord jesus believe in thine heart that god's raised him from the dead you'll be saved do you ever remember reading that for with the Heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Did Jesus ever say anything about confession? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Matthew 10:32. Let's go there. We're looking at the red letters here. Matthew 10:32. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who's in heaven. 
Whoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Did he say anything about the importance of confession? Oh, yeah. So how does somebody get, how does somebody get born again? With a repentant heart. You know what I mean by that? They just have a change of heart. I'm going the wrong way. That change of heart. You know, uh, uh, maybe, maybe a person was full of good works. How many of you know you can be full of good works and still as lost and on your way to hell as a Christmas goose? Is that right? I don't know that goose goes to hell, but he's in trouble nonetheless, isn't he? His goose is cooked. But, you know, if some, you know, you can be full of good works and still be lost. Is that right? So, so when you repent, when you repent, let's put it this way. If you've got somebody that's full of good works and you've got somebody that is a, just a heathen. I mean, they're just a, they, they cuss and they get drunk and they beat their wife and all kinds of things. And you've got a guy over here who's full of good works. One's just as lost as the other, but you'll agree with me that when they both, they both need to repent. Is that right? But the goody two-shoes over here, when he repents, his, he's still going to be, have good works. Here's the thing. But which of these two, this meanie over here, this good guy over here, they both need to repent. When they do repent, which is it going to be more obvious in? The goody guy or the bad guy? It's going to be more obvious. Is that right? Because he's going to stop cussing and he's going to stop beating his wife and all is that right so you're going to be able to see a a bigger change in this guy is that right but do they still both need to repent maybe this guy over here repentance for him was that he thought he he was good enough in his own self to get to heaven and he sees that oh i need to repent of that kind of thinking and i need to put my faith in jesus did he just repent right there so I think we get this thinking in our mind that we that the repentance, you know, that there, it, it is a turning. But I think for everybody, it's a the, the turning can be a little bit different. Did you get what I just said? This guy over here, he's full of good works. See, Cornelius, remember in Acts 10, was he full of good works? But he still needed to repent. What did he need? He, 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 he need, there was something that had to happen in his heart. He needed he needed to to realize that that Jesus was the way. So there was a, there was, he needed to hear the right message. Is that right? You get what I'm saying? But in, in any case, that we need to repent. Is that right? And for some people, it might just be that, that you haven't seen Jesus as, as the Son of God. Maybe you thought he was a good man, just a prophet. And now you've seen that he isn't, he isn't just a good man. He isn't just a prophet. He's the Son of God. See, there's a repentance there. There's a change that has to take place. You okay? Did you get what I just said? Are you okay with that? Or not? See, this guy over here that's, that's doing these mean, nasty, horrible things, for him to repent, you know, it, it, you're going to be able to see his repentance more than a goody two-shoes over here. Did you, did you get what I just said? But there needs to be repentance in both cases. You okay? And, and, and for the goody two-shoes, it may just be that, hey, I can't, my good works won't get me in. I need to repent. I need to repent of thinking that I can be good enough. I need to make a change in my heart to see I can't be good enough. I need Jesus. Did you just did you get that? Did that help you with repentance? I think we get this thinking in our mind that there, you know, that, that there's. I don't know how else to say it. I, I don't seem think you're getting it. The guy over here that's a mean crud. You know what I'm talking about? See, I think we always think about the mean old cruds. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, screw, 
So he repents. He's not going to be no more. He's going to be a Shirley Temple. Is that right? It's easier to see repentance in somebody like that. You get what I'm saying? But maybe this person over here that's full of good works, their repentance might be that, hey, these good works aren't going to save me. I've got to have a change of heart to see that these good works are going to put me in hell, not heaven. I need to repent and put my faith in Jesus to get to heaven. You see where the repentance would be, di- would be different with this guy. Or did I get that through to you? All right. Did I or didn't I? All right. I remember I was teaching school one time. And this kid was in the class. I've never had anybody quite like him. He's probably in prison right now. And, 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 and I just got so angry one day. And I looked at him and I said, get out! And he stood up and he said, okay! <laughs> you okay? Come on, let me finish this up. What about water baptism? I'm almost done. Mark 16, 16. Come on, let me finish this up. Mark 16, 16. So, so there needs to be a repentance, doesn't there? There needs to be faith in Jesus, believing in him, right? You okay? Does there need to, do you need to confess him? Jesus is my Lord. Yeah, you need to confess him. But what about water baptism? I don't have time to go through hours and hours on this. We're going to keep this quick. The Great Commission, Mark 16, 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. If you look at that one verse right there, this is right before Jesus ascended into heaven. If you look at that one verse right there, you can conclude that water baptism is necessary for salvation, but it isn't. You never build a doctrine on one verse of Scripture, first of all. Now, the next verse, verse 17 says, he who does the, uh, let's see, I, no, I'm sorry, go, 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 go back, back up, I'm sorry. He who believes and is baptized will say, he who does not believe will be what? So there's danger for the person that doesn't believe, is that correct? But he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you look at that one verse, and you know, Wars have been fought over this, over, over water baptism. Wars have been fought. And there's people that will tell you that unless you're water baptized, you're not going to go to heaven. There's people that will tell you that water baptism completes b- being saved. Or, let me tell you, water won't help the blood of Jesus. And it's clear from my study that you must be saved on your way to heaven before you get water baptized. What you ought to do sometime is go to Roman. Don't do it now, but sometime Romans, the fourth chapter. And he's talking about circumcision and Abraham believing God has counted him for righteousness. And he did that before he was circumcised. And circumcision was a sign of the faith that he already had. You ought to read Romans four and put water baptism in there. It'll help you greatly. See, you need to be born again on your way to heaven before you get water baptized. And the water baptism is an outward sign of an inward happening. You Okay. You say, well, what about that verse? What about that verse? A couple of things. First of all, Jesus is fair. Would you say Jesus is fair? Now, we just read many, many verses where Jesus said that to be born again, you must what? Believe. Now, if he now here, he says you had to believe and be baptized. Now, if he it's a little confusing. 
For Jesus to be fair, wouldn't he, in all those other verses we read, if water baptism was necessary, for him to be fair, wouldn't he, in every one of those other verses, have to make it abundantly clear that water baptism was a necessity? Yes or no? So, Jesus, we've got him down on record about, about, about a dozen times saying believe, and one time says believe and is... So for him to be fair, I mean, that's confusing for him. to. Did he contradict himself? No, 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 no. Here, very simple. For him to be fair, though, he'd had to say water baptism and all those other times, and he didn't. You need to realize that Mark 16, verses 9 through 20, should not be used to base a doctrine on unless it's clearly supported by other passages of Scripture. There's some grammatical studied out. There's some grammatical issues there. Some say that, that Mark uh, 16 verses 9 through 20 wasn't even in the original Gospel of Mark, but it was added later by a scribe. You need to check into that. Because if you read there in Mark 16, if you read on down, Jesus also talked about uh, uh, picking up serpents, didn't he? Didn't he? And about drinking poison. Is that right? I'm not going to go out and handle any snakes this afternoon. And I'm not going to go out and drink any poison. Are you? So you need to be watchful of verses 9 through 20. I'm just telling you. I could take hours with this. Go to the internet sometime. Look up gotquestions.org and look at what they have to say about water baptism. And they sum it all up for you there. And I did years and years and years of study on it. And everything they say line up with what what I've learned. I want to ask you something else. Did Jesus ever water baptize anybody himself? No. Did his disciples? Yeah. They baptized more than John the Baptist did. But Jesus never himself baptized anybody. Now, let me ask you this. And I could give you one reason after another, after another, after another. Let me give you, let let me talk to you about this. Cornelius. At his house. Peter comes over, preaches to him. They get born again, baptized in the spirit, speak in tongues, and then they're water baptized. So were they saved before they got water baptized? Yeah. Paul on the road to Damascus as Saul. He's a mean old guy. Is that right? And the Lord appears to him, identifies himself. He calls Jesus Lord. That quick he gets born again. He goes into Damascus there. Ananias comes over, lays his hands on him. Paul gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Evidently speaks with tongues. We know he spoke with tongues. And then after that he got water baptized. We've got two examples. There are people that got saved on their way to heaven before they got water baptized. Can anybody say amen? amen. Now Jesus, if water baptism was necessary, why did Jesus not water baptize anybody himself? Good question, isn't it? Remember the Apostle Paul said that Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. If water baptism was necessary, how many of you know Paul would be dunking everybody he could? Is that right? Wouldn't Jesus be dunking everybody he could? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, another reason Jesus, you know, another reason Jesus didn't baptize anybody? Because he's no respecter of persons. And if he would have baptized anybody, then those people could have said that Jesus did something for me that he didn't do for anybody else. I just thought I'd throw that in and won't charge you any extra for it. Before Jesus was taken up, before he was taken up to be seated at the right hand of the Father after he was raised from the dead, oft times people will go right there to Mark 16, 16. Uh, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And and they, they think that's all he said. But what did I teach you on lesson one two weeks ago? To get the full picture of what Jesus said, you have to put Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together. 
And if you put, and in this case, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and the book of Acts gives the account of Jesus before he's taken up into heaven. John doesn't give us much, if anything at all, actually nothing really on what Jesus said prior to this ascension. So if you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Acts, here's what he said. See, because people want to say, well, all he said was believe and be baptized. You'll be saved. Don't believe you'll be condemned. Here's what he said. He reminded his disciples, study it out. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Acts. See what it, see what it says. See if I'm telling you the truth. He reminded them of his suffering and resurrection. He told them that all authority had been given to him in heaven and in earth. He told them to go into the entire world and preach the gospel, preach repentance, and preach forgiveness of sins. He stated the importance of believing in him and the danger of not believing in him. He told them to make disciples of all nations, water baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded, that, I, that I've commanded you. He talked to them about the times and seasons, and then he told them to go and wait in Jerusalem to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Can anybody say amen? amen. He didn't just talk to them about believing and being water baptized. He had much to say about them. But see, Mark brings that one thing out, and it, it may not even be accurate the way, the way Mark gives it. You just need to go study that out for yourself. The bottom line is, how do you get saved? You say, repent. repent. Did we talk to you about that today? You believe on who? You believe on him. Is it important to confess him? Yeah. Is that right? And, and, and when that's done, you're saved. If it comes out of the heart. You okay? Now I'll close with this. Go to John 10. I'll close. I'll, two minutes I'll be done. What about eternal security? What about eternal security? You know what I mean by that? When we get saved, are we always saved? Is there anything that, 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 that can cause us to not be saved? I'm going to talk in a future lesson. When, and I can't get to it today. Talk, or Jesus talks about the unpardonable sin. Uh, but notice this. The word, that word believe, we get saved by believing on him. It's a continuous action. It's something that you need to continuously be doing. How about, how about you? I know me. I'm continuously believing on Jesus. How about you? So I believe in the eternal security of the believer. It is possible that somebody could stop believing and reject Christ, but I've never met anybody that's done that. John 10:24 Jews surrounded him and said, "How long do you keep us in doubt?" John 10:24 If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, "I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness to me. But you do not believe because you're not my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice. How about you? Do you hear his voice? And I what? I know them, they follow me, and I give them what? Eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone what? That's a good deal, isn't it? They won't snatch them out of, out, of, out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I'm in the Father's hand. I want to stay there, and nobody can snatch me out. Amen. The only way that I can get out of there, and the only way a Christian can get out of there, is after they've matured in spiritual things, they've grown up spiritually, if they on purpose, full well knowing what they're doing, reject Jesus and blaspheme the Holy Spirit, then they could lose their salvation. I'd advise you, don't do that. Don't do that. I was meditating on this this last week. Now, you've got children, don't you? 
You got three of them, right? If you don't know you have children, then you're in trouble. How many do you have? You got three of them, right? I know that. You got two boys and a girl, the girls in the middle, right? Caleb, Bristol, and Liam, right? Now, why you didn't name one of them Terry, I don't understand that. I just, I don't understand. But the next, well, maybe, maybe the next one or the second one. How many more are you going to Anyway, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Think about this. In the natural, in the natural, they got little kids. They belong to Brian and Debbie. Is that right? Those little kids belong to Brian and Debbie. They could not, at the age they are right now, they could not unbecome their children. They're too little. Is that right? Even if they got mad, have they ever got mad at you? Have they ever said, have they ever done that? Did they, did they lose their sonship or daughtership? No. They couldn't do it. But if they grew up to be a full age, they could go to the court system and they'd have to go through a whole lot of work. But they probably could do something legally to unbecome their child. Legally. You'll have to ask Mark Ananachi. He He's an attorney. He can answer that. But I think you probably could. But could, could it be done by accident? Could it be done just, just they just accidentally unbecame? They, they'd have to go through a whole bunch of legal stuff, wouldn't they? Is that right? Is, is that correct? Same thing's true spiritually. Because a lot of times people think, oh, I did this little thing and I offended God and I've lost my salvation. No. First of all, if you're a baby Christian, you can't lose your salvation. And the only way it could be lost is if you were a full age and then you'd have to on purpose, full well, knowing what you're doing, turn your back on Jesus and and, and count the blood of the covenant wherewith you were sanctified an unholy thing and, and walk away from the Lord full well, on purpose, never wanting to come back to him again. Then I suppose it could be done and even then it'd be hard to do. Uh, I'm glad that we're that, that it's hard to lose salvation. How about you? Some people think it can't be done. I tell you, it, I think it can, but it's almost impossible to do. Let's just, I like what one good preacher said. He said, I'm in Jesus. I don't want out. So let's don't even talk about it. Let's just stay in there. But I will talk about the unpardonable sin later on. Are you getting anything out of this? What we're talking about, the words of Jesus. I preached on a little too long today. My wife will remind me that on our way home. I realize you can only absorb as much as your, uh, your brain can only absorb as much as your seat can endure. It's the truth. So I should, I should have probably quit about 20 minutes ago. But you're a mature lot, and you can take this. Did you get anything out of this today? Yeah. How do you get born again? With a repentant heart. Is repentance the same really for everybody? Hmm? I think it's, it, it, it can be different for everybody. You okay with that? You all right with that? If you're going to correct me, correct me now. Don't correct me when I'm at home. (laughs) Can it be different for everybody? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And then there has to be what from the heart? Belief. In Jesus. Is that right? And then you have to confess him. And then you're saved. You know, there's a lot of people that sit in churches... Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. 
and they do good works in the church. They're church members. They've been water baptized. They receive communion when the communion is served. They do good deeds. They're just, but, but they wind up in hell. Isn't that sad? And many times it's because a preacher never preaches what I just told you today. Hmm? Is that right? You know another reason why you don't have to be water baptized to be saved? Because it would require another party to be present for you to get saved. Is that right? I mean, if I needed somebody to water baptize me to be saved, then, I, then my salvation would depend on that other party there. Is that right? Did you ever think about that? Did you get that? How many of you know you don't have to have another party to get saved? You can be like the thief on the cross. What did he say? He said, remember me? You come into your kingdom. Is that right? Hmm? What did Paul do? He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He gets saved. Remember that guy that went up, that tax collector? He, have mercy on me, O God, a sinner. He gets saved. Is that right? Now, should we be water baptized? Did Jesus command it? Is it important? It's an answering of a good conscience toward God, the Bible said. But it won't save you. 